Welcome friends, family, and commuters who listen to podcasts in their car to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and today is the first day of Parch March patent pending, a month free of spirits for all our lovely sober and or underage fans out there. But that doesn't mean we're in low spirits. We've locked up the liquor cabinet, but the drinks are still flowing because flavor isn't all about the ABV. Get ready for a whole arsenal of tangy herbal and refreshing mocktails to add to your arsenal. Please get on this wagon responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking mocktails is a sad, sad business alone. So I found a couple of dudes who lost their life savings on Coinbase to take this side gig talking on the airwaves with me. And they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. And our first guest of Parch March is a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter who I've actually had the pleasure of writing about for Atwood Magazine already. She started her career as a musician sneaking out to perform on the streets of New York City at age 13 and has since built a career self-producing her own music to the tune of over 20 million streams on Spotify. She has toured with MXM Tune and former TNT guest Tessa Violet, performed at South by Southwest, and headlined in both New York City and L.A., She's also gained critical acclaim from Lady Gun, DIY Magazine, and Nylon, and her 2018 track, Stolen Liquor, hit number one on Hype Machine. She's here today to talk all about her latest single, which dropped last week and continues her penchant for delivering emotional gut punches in three-minute packages. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Chloe Lilac to the pod. what's up not much we're we're chilling thank you for joining us today and for our listeners sake can you tell us how old you are i'm chloe lilac i'm 20 years old i'm a virgo (laughs) what's your rising don't put out too much our fans are crazy i'm a double virgo scorpio rising so really toxic energy <laughs> I, everything is is dramatic <laughs> maybe it's a good thing we're not using any alcohol this month this oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we get a little weird <laughs> for sure so really you're a perfect fit for parch march as as lax as our bouncer is with accepting ids one thing he's very strict on is making sure we don't let anyone under 21 in the bar but he can look at a Domino's pizza box, apparently, and automatically know how old you are. Um, people bring all sorts of things into this bar, and he's like, yeah, sure, like, go in. <laughs> <laughs> but we can get into IDs later. Right now, I think it's time to catch up. 
I know it's only been a week for listeners, but we actually haven't been in the studio for twice that time. That's because at Tunes and Tumblers here, time is um, time is a flat circle. Uh, what has everyone been listening to lately? I got one on. Uh, it's the new one from Future of Islands. Um, it's King of Sweden. They performed it recently um, on Colbert, I think. But um, it's great. It's got all the Future Islands hallmarks that I love. It's kind of got a synthy post-punk vibe with a slight bit of hope, kind of gliding synths over it. And uh, it's just a great song about him, newfound happiness with his partner, who I think is Swedish. And so um, it's beautiful. I'll always listen to what Sam and the Future Island guys have to give. And on the performance on Colbert, does he do the thing he usually does where he just looks like he's straining so hard and his like he's just like sweating buckets? <laughs> That's like his whole thing. He's just like, I am so emotional, I might just have a heart attack right now. <laughs> and that's what keeps you tuning in. Mm-hmm. The chance to witness a heart attack on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's always great. We we love the passion that he puts in. Yes. It's great. I saw them at Bottle Rock last year, and I think you said, Ryan, you texted, hell yeah, dad energy, but that's not a bad thing. I love that. No, No, it's not. It's a great thing, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Chloe, what have you had on repeat recently? A whole bunch of shit. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go for it. Uh, A whole bunch of stuff. If we're not going to drink, we're going to (laughs) curse. Fair enough. I've been listening to a lot of Jawbreaker, so love them. Been listening to a lot of Hole, always listening to Hole. Um, Alex G, (laughs) unfortunately. The Breeders. Wait, wait, wait. Unfortunately? It's it's just like male manipulator music I've heard. Mm. So like, Oh, wow. Listen to Alex G, but I fucking, I love Alex G. Um, So I've been listening to a lot of Alex G (laughs) Um, and the breeders and stuff and, you know, just kind of all over the place. I hate to ask this question because I don't know if anybody watches the Super Bowl or any of the ads (laughs) anymore. If anyone under 25 watches that. But did you hear Doja Cat's uh, whole cover? Oh, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's good. I I love it. it. Very true to the original. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. fun. Damn, I want we should I want to hear a male manipulator music playlist. <laughs> Is Mac DeMarco on that too? <laughs> Mac DeMarco's like my favorite. <laughs> oh, I've also been listening to a lot of Sir Chloe, ironically, because we have the same name. Well, actually, the lead singer isn't even named Chloe. They just like that name. So they're Whoa. just liars. Whoa. They're manipulators. <laughs> Manipulate. <laughs> crazy i've been really into sir chloe recently too sir chloe freaking rocks pedro you want to take it next sure um uh, i've been listening to like a lot of people are releasing a lot more like acoustic stuff again like that's sort of having its moment um like the studio killers had like an acoustic version of jenny which i really liked charlie booth has like an acoustic version of light switch and i forget there's oh uh abby the nomad has like a whole album where he like redid his songs but acoustically um, I really like that because I feel like when you hear an, a song done acoustically, it, it just helps me appreciate it even more on like a whole different level. And it's just like, damn, like it's a good song no matter how it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but this morning, 
it was brought to my attention that uh, Moonchild has a new album called Starfruit out, and it's so fucking good, like, all the way through. It's so laid back and chill. I almost skipped recording just to keep listening to it. Um, oh, wow. It's it's so Thanks. good. <laughs> but uh, it's they've got, like, they've got really good tracks. They've got a lot of really good collaborators. They've got, like, Tank and the Bangers on there, Il Camille, um, Lala Hathaway, to name a few. It's fucking dope. Go listen to it. Bringing up the rear here, uh, yesterday I listened to this album, I want to say like five times in a row. It's Avril Lavigne's new album, Love Sucks, and it fucking rocks. It, I love it you don't, so don't, don't much. Don't get mad about it. Don't get mad about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it clearly continues this trend in mainstream music towards like the Warp Tour sound of the early 2000s. And... You know, people have been saying like this is a return to her roots. I've been de- I've been personally describing it as let go part two, but it's really more of its own thing. And I would say like it's a, her first truly pop punk record in her career after she was kind of like wading more and more into the pop sphere over the last two decades. Um, it's produced by John Feldman, uh, lead singer songwriter of Goldfinger. He's also produced for like The Used, Panic at the Disco, Five Seconds of Summer, Blink. Um, and it, you know, it really shows. You were in Badfinger? Uh, did I, did I say Badfinger or did I say Goldfinger? You said Goldfinger. Okay. Isn't, wouldn't that guy be super old? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. So it is gold. It is Goldfinger to confirm. Yes. Yes. It is Goldfinger. It's not Badfinger. They're also getting up there. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I, you know, I feel like with this pop punk revival, we've been hearing a lot from artists like Machine Gun Kelly, Lil Huddy, and Jaden that that kind of feels like nostalgic. It's it 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 kind of feels like maybe like a retread. Um I'm thinking specifically like even Jaden. Um I love his album, but he repurposes Blink 182's feeling this on one of the songs. Like the chorus is that chorus, but with new lyrics. Um but Love Sucks doesn't sound like a nostalgic throwback. It has all of these elements that made her a sensation in the first place and it sounds like it's coming from this place of authenticity and she even told billboard when she was writing this like she was just ready to to rock the fuck out and she just went for it i can't even pick a standout Whoa. track she it's... cursed <laughs> <laughs> she's like us you know that's how we that's how we unleash the th- the thing about this album is like i can't even pick a standout track it has no bad songs only bangers go listen to it front to back i cannot recommend it enough yes daddy (laughs) (laughs) and just under 30 seconds (laughs) was it really i feel like i went no no it absolutely was it absolutely was not under 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) i broke my own rule and listeners, as a quick reminder, every song that we mention on the show goes directly onto the accompanying playlist in the episode description. And we've actually launched a companion playlist to this segment on Spotify that has more picks from artists you need to know about. It's called YBLT, which is the acronym of what have you been listening to? But it's also a question we've been asking ourselves for years. Why BLT? Why they can lettuce and tomato? <laughs> it's fucking delicious. Mm. We're anyway, also going to have every every finger band is going to be on it. <laughs> uh, finger eleven. Um, oh wow! <laughs> who, who else is there? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> There's probably a band called uh, Sticky Fingers. I'm imagining there has to be. That's all. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
But yeah, check out that playlist. It's also in the episode description. Every Saturday we'll be adding new songs. And in our first, uh, you know, uh, batch of songs, we even had 19 by Chloe Lilac. So go listen to it. How about that? Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Who How does that thunk? happen? <laughs> so Chloe, you realize the power you have to influence this playlist, right? Like you can just say a song and it will be added. Wow. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Use it it's wisely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, for Parch March, we've converted the Tunes and Tumblers bar into an 18 and over club, which means we're kind of still checking IDs. Chloe, did you bring something to show the bouncer today? It's a necklace holder. When I was eight, um, I was attacked by like this girl's dog in this parking lot, like really oh. bad. Like it like mauled me. And... <sighs> I like a couple days before I was with her parents like and her and we were window shopping and I like looked at this um at this necklace holder and they sent it to me as a as an apology it was really <laughs> sweet and I've just kept it and I'll always keep it forever it's like one of my most prized possessions wow I've never seen anything huh. like that before isn't it so special it's so cool I love it so much it, An eight-year-old like, me was like obsessed with it. <laughs> I got so, it, and I was like, "This is amazing! Like this, like this is my life now. <laughs> this is like made it worth it." We got to describe it for listeners. Like this is uh, imagine, imagine the topper of a quinceanera cake, <laughs> but but the neighbor kid Sid from Toy Story got his hands on it uh, and made it and made it like a little more useful. It's that, yeah, it's that, and it's beautiful. What an interesting like apology or like amends idea. Like, you know what we need to give her that <laughs> Well, it it was really it was really, really thoughtful, mm. I thought, because yeah. it was like I had just in passing been like, it's so pretty. And also her family didn't really have that much money and Ooh. I knew it was kind of expensive. And so the fact that they were like kind enough to just like get me this like make this gesture was really, really sweet and meant a lot that. to me. And I'll just, I'll have it forever. I'll, I'll keep it forever. It's so lovely. Shout out to the family with the dog. Dude, <laughs> shout out to them. I have no idea what they're doing now. <laughs> we didn't speak after the incident. <laughs> Our friendship kind of fell apart after that. I bet. <laughs> it was a little awkward, but. At least you got to keep it though. That thing is kind of pointed enough to also use as a weapon that if a dog ever comes to you again, <laughs> you can kind of jab it with it. It's really a versatile uh, object, so they really helped you out. It's multi-use. It holds necklaces and dogs at bay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it also works as an ID. It can get you into a club. While we're on the topic of clubs, I do want to make a quick sidebar uh, tribute to the legendary security and bodyguard Big John Hart, who just passed at the age of 70 um, a little earlier this month. We didn't get a chance to mention it, but he was a legendary bodyguard for Kiss, Iron Maiden, Billy Idol, Prince. Oh, damn. Um Shout out to Big John. Does that guy does that guy have like a book? He should have a book. Uh I don't know, but he has a GoFundMe, which you can donate to. If you so please. But I know he should. Um, yeah. Anyway, Bar but. Bodyguard Hall of Fame. Our our uh our own bouncer is wearing a t shirt in his memory as we speak. If you can imagine that. Gotta Cannon. pay your respects. Yep. That's right. And we're in and since we're in a club now, we've got a DJ booth set up for you, Ryan, where you can just spin things all night. We're not going to stop you. Uh, what do you got on first? That's right. Um, 
Well, first off, we're listening to last week, the latest single from Chloe Lilac. And you know what? This may not sound like nightclub material, but if you can't twerk to an acoustic ballad, you are definitely not trying hard enough. <laughs> and you I know, only this... had a, uh, a Sacagawea coin. Actually, I'm going to need someone to help me with the jukebox. But <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take those anymore. I, doesn't take Susan B. Anthony coins. Doesn't take Sacagawea <laughs> coins. So, wait, are Sacagawea you... coins before your time, Chloe? No. <laughs> okay. He's like, I fuck with the Sacagawea coin. <laughs> the jukebox only takes male male manipulator coins. <laughs> Yeah, I don't carry coins with men or male manipulators on them. <laughs> so I can only have Sacagawea coins. <laughs> last week, last week, I love this song. I think that this continues your, uh, like, the complex spearing emotions that you explored in your EP, When I Feel Better. If I were to sum it up in one word, that word is powerlessness. What do we do when we want to fix something, but we can't? In this track, you it's make Washington. a mocktail. Yes, you do. Uh, and that's a great transition, Pedro. What have you got to get us into our feels over there? Um, so for this, I was clued in that you enjoy flavors like grapefruit and ginger ale and bubbly things like that. So that was sort of where I started. But um, I started doing a little research into like old, like really classic cocktails. I usually like for mocktails, I'll usually look at. Something that actually does include alcohol to start. Um, and I found this one cocktail called Death in the Afternoon. Um, it's also, I guess it's also known as like a Hemingway. I, I think Her- Ernest Hemingway either created it or like at least promoted it a lot. He talked about it a lot. I think he wrote down like an exact way to drink it. Um, but it's called Death in the Afternoon. It's really simple. It's just absinthe and champagne. Um, so I sort of liked the idea. I liked the name. I liked how sort of depressing the thought of it was but it's like really brightly colored and beautiful um so i started with fresh grapefruit juice for this mocktail um and then i added some uh pea flower tea to give it like some really dope like violet color and to sort of like yeah it's sort of like balance out like the tartness of the grapefruit juice because it is fresh it's very tart it's delicious um and then i dropped in just a couple drops of lavender extract because i imagine if you're making this for someone you don't know what to say to, you can make them something to maybe comfort them a little bit, lift their spirits, and the lavender's just nice and calming, sort of levels you out a little bit. Um, and then I just filled that with ginger ale, just to give it the bubbles, the sweetness. Um, and I'm calling it A Death So Young. Ah. Uh, and it is so pretty, and it's really, really tasty. We'll have to give you the recipe so you can make one of your own. I have uh, elder pea flower, or I have pea flower tea at my house. Perfect. And you know, we are so close. We are spitting distance away from being able to do this show in person again. <laughs> That's like, too just close. Too... <laughs> <laughs> we we could have made you one in person. Well, not me. I'm still in Mississippi, but 
I'll have to watch in envy as I do every. I've done every week for the past two years. Um, I have no Topo Chico where I am, but I did find some Lacroix in the fridge, and you know, looking at a Lacroix, it feels like I'm drunk dialing an X. So let's toast before the regret sets in. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, everybody. Oh my God, Ryan, rub to it Chloe. in. <laughs> so. I want to address the elephant in the room here. You are Don't talk f- about me like that. <laughs> you always think this is about you, Patreon. <laughs> Chloe, you're, the, you're the first Zoomer we've ever had on this show, which means that we are officially geezers. Um, <laughs> but it's like you're coming up in this different, um, like this different culture in in the music industry than the one that we've been used to. Uh, wh- what has it been like for you? Um, from the beginning where there are just so many more ways to connect, to be connected and distribute your music? Um, Well, I mean, I think it was honestly like with the pandemic and stuff, it was at first the transition was really hard because I mean, as it was for everyone, but as an artist, it was difficult because for the first time, like there was no other form of um, promotion, self-promotion. It was just through the internet and through TikTok and through Instagram and that was it. And so, whereas before you could like play shows and you could still self-promote that way. Um, and that was like, in, like immensely hard, like not, not to, you know, be like, oh, poor me. Like, you know, I'm incredibly lucky that I was able to continue to do what I do in the pandemic. Um, but I mean, I, I think it was just weird like to like adjust to that kind of as it was I think for everyone um to like readjust to a world where you know I make music to connect with people and all of a sudden it felt like I couldn't connect with anyone anymore um and so I it, yeah the adjustment was really hard like getting on TikTok and being like hey uh I'm I'm Chloe like to like a whole audience of people who don't give a shit about who I am, you know? So, um, it was a lot of rejection therapy. (laughs) Um, it's lots of, you know, um, it's, it's hard work, but it's, it's, you know, now I really enjoy it, but the transition was really difficult. I think, um, I'm just really grateful that there, you know, people love to shit on TikTok and the music industry. And I see why, like, it's it's changed the way we consume music forever i think or for the indefinite future it's made it a lot more like kind of like fast food music but i think like the great thing about it is it the music industry was quite a um an exclusive thing before and now it's open to all these amazing musicians who never had the opportunity to get their music heard because they live in like the Midwest or like some, not in a major city where there are labels and scouts looking around, you know, at clubs and stuff and looking for people. Like you have kids from like Wisconsin or something who are really talented and deserve to have their stuff heard and finally are, you know, being given this platform. So there's room for everyone in music. So I think it's amazing. I really loved that phrase, fast food music. That's Mm. like perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I think people in the business get frustrated by TikTok because they so often they're they're telling young artists that they're signing that they can that they have the answers or they're going to be able to guarantee you play or get you somewhere, and you can't really do that with TikTok. 
like there's influencers there's like a whole industry i'm sure at this point of people you can like try and send the song to but if it doesn't catch on it just doesn't <laughs> catch on like it's completely by users so something can catch fire out of nowhere that you'd never think of whether it's a new artist or like a completely obscure catalog song and yeah and that's exciting you know there's definitely something exciting about it but i think people also don't want to like it's a pain when you're doing so many things and you just want to focus on making music and then somebody tells you oh you unfortunately you have to go on tiktok and and figure out <laughs> you have to let the content. let the people decide <laughs> it's that rejection therapy thing because a lot of people on tiktok and on the internet are just incredibly brutal because um, especially tiktok it's a children's app so it's you have all these kids who are like playing call of duty who don't give a shit about anything and like you're putting your like heart and soul out there and they're like shut up you bitch like they're like you, <laughs> you suck like this is mid you know and it's like male manipulators in training yeah no literally <laughs> So I, I kind of want to back up and talk a little bit about your new song. I love it. Last week. And this one, it, it's such a like a deep gut punch. You, you wrote it about watching a friend mourn the loss of someone very close to them and wanting to help but not knowing what to do. Is there a specific story that you're willing to tell us about all this? Um, I think it was just, you know, watching my friend like go through the motions with that. And especially like I've been lucky enough to like not you know, I haven't lost any of my close friends yet. Um, and hopefully I won't for a really long time. It was very, I think the situation in their case was very unexpected. And sometimes people just die and it's weird and they're not sick before and it just happens. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there's kind of this like, especially like being young, there's this like, you you feel like there's like you know you're not gonna die no one you know is gonna die yet and there's there's kind of like looming reminder of your like impending mortality you know like i don't know if that's the right way to put it but like you're like inevitable death um and so i think feeling that like heaviness was really hard on my friend and they were just kind of running away from everything and it it was really hard to watch especially like you know they're one of the closest people in my life and um, I love them and seeing any of my friends go through something like that. I mean, man, how do you even deal with that? You know, like I'm 20, like they were 20, like when you're 20, you're not supposed to lose your friends, you know, 20 year old people aren't supposed to die. So it's like, I don't know. It's just a crazy, crazy thing. And, you know, I was scared to like show them the song. Like when I, when I wrote it, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was like, is this selfish that I'm writing this? Um, but I like, after like five months of holding onto the song, I like mustered up the courage to like show them and they, they gave me their blessing and they really like it. So that, that was really cool. And I'm grateful that I was able to like express in a way that felt respectful to their situation. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it was a trip and like, I couldn't even begin to fathom how that must have felt. So, um, I mean, I've lost people before, but it was never someone super close or close to me, you know? So I don't know. It's a trip, man. It's a freaking trip. <laughs> like, like, what would you say? Like, what do you say? You can't say anything. Like, there's nothing to say. You can't mm -hmm. say like, especially, you know, if it was someone who's sick, like, it's like, okay, well, maybe they're in a better place, like blah, blah, mm. blah. 
um, there's no, it just sucks. There's nothing you can say. You just kind of got to be like, all right. (laughs) And then life goes on. And that's the craziest part too, was that like, you know, this close person in their life died and then, you know, everything just kept, keeps going. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no break. There's no, you know, the, the condolences stop coming after like two weeks. And then it's just like, you're expected to just carry on as if nothing happened. And that's crazy. Like, you know, like that's so crazy. I, I just, I don't understand that. Um, and yeah, watching them go through that and it was just like, I was like, oh man, sorry, excuse me. I was like, this is heavy. This is heavy shit. <laughs> how do I help? And then I just wrote a song about it because I, I didn't know how to help. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's always this inclination that we want to help. Like we want to fix the problem. We want somebody to feel better. That's because like, I think at our core, we're a very compassionate species. But sometimes I think like, there is power in just giving space. Like you don't need to fix it. You can just be there and just mm-hmm. your presence is enough. Like I think that that that's kind of like an overlooked thing because it, it doesn't come very uh, readily. We think if we're not doing anything that we're not helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also like we, we want to help, but also like we feel uncomfortable and we want that to stop. So it's like, it's like, I want to help you, but I, 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 if I, I need to help you for me also, cause I don't yeah, know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's sort of like half and half. Like it's very, uh, it's, you mean you're very caring and like, it's empathetic, but also like, I'm not okay. Cause you're not okay right now. So like, we need to fix that. But that's also empathy. I think that's how that works. Like when we see um somebody suffering or someone doing something like this the part of the brain that that is firing for them like we have mirror neurons in our brain that fire the same way so it's like you actually feel someone else's pain and that's how like community works like mm-hmm. i think that's like a really good adaptation that we have that sometimes can feel really painful i mean what if they still liked it but they were like i would prefer if you didn't release that like as an artist like what how would that make you feel i wouldn't put it out um like absolutely i wouldn't you know Mm -hmm. like it's about their experience and their um feeling and i would uh, yeah i like there's nothing that's worth it's such an intensely personal experience for them like i didn't i didn't want to overstep in any way um and Mm -hmm. so i did it before we like decided that it was for sure going to come out Cause I was like, okay, I just want to like make sure, but if they had, I would have totally understood. That's what I was expecting. Um, I was surprised that they were like, yeah, I love it. Like, I was like, really? <laughs> okay. That's great. But especially when writing about someone else's experience and an experience like that, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it personally at all. I'd just be like, okay, I totally understand. Like that, that makes so much sense, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I that's why it feels touchy like writing about anything that doesn't happen to me. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially something yeah. like this. I was like, geez, is this okay? Like <laughs> I guess it was. But that's a great question. I was thinking about that too. You know, listening to like songs on your previous EP, like there's this kind of larger sense of powerlessness too. Like I'm I'm thinking specifically about 19, which is like such a banger. Like I I don't go a day without listening to it. I remember back like when it came out, your publicist offered 
for me to premiere it for Atwood. And unfortunately, I was like too busy, but I liked it so much that I did a write up for our weekly roundup. And I think like it's this great companion piece to last week, um, except that the feelings you're describing are kind of like more on a macro scale, like, you know, the world's fucking ending and I'm only 19. Right. So like, what do you do when you're encountered by these emotions about like something so big is like out of your control? Um, I think the pandemic was a great, uh, way for me to learn how to deal with big, scary things. Um, cause at first I just like, especially like I was 18 when the pandemic hit and it was like, I, just, I was right at the beginning of like my, what felt like the rest of my life and like, oh, you know, just like everyone else, it all got shut down and I was in Brooklyn. So that was like the scariest place to be right at the beginning like you know there were body trucks on every block like everyone was dying um it was like living in an active war zone truly it was terrifying um i'm lucky enough to have parents that um respect like my space and like you know believe in science and stuff and so um they really encouraged me to like journal and um you know a lot of i don't know a lot of the the feeling that i had to come to terms with the most was loneliness um and it was like devastating and like intense and overwhelming and like i think that feeling um of loneliness like carries out into all these other things that happen to us like you know with grief and loss and you know, loneliness like follows us everywhere. Um, and I'm a particularly lonely person. I've always felt very outcast and um, weird. And, you know, I was bullied a lot when I was in school and then I was homeschooled and that was 10 times worse somehow. So, you know, like I've always dealt with lonely loneliness, but there was something about not being able to hug my some of my only friends, you know, or like not being able to go outside and feel safe. Um, and watching like my city and my support fall apart because there's always like New York. Everyone always says there's always New York. New York is always going to be there. And all of a sudden it wasn't New York anymore. It was like falling apart. It was like a dystopian society. It was crazy. So, um, I don't know. I think journaling really helps when I have those like overwhelming feelings. And like what I realized is like, you can't, um, you can't run away. You have to surrender to however you're feeling and you have to, really embrace the feeling. And my dad really, um, emphasized ever since I was like a little kid, he's always put a large emphasis on like surrender and, um, not giving up, but just like kind of trying to stop control, you know, like stop trying to control everything. Um, and just kind of let it happen and, you know, like do what you can, but don't torture yourself. So journaling, though, was like really what saved me, honestly. And like biking, <laughs> like I, I was exercising Hell yeah! and cooking. I got really good at cooking. But I think those, you know, I think the this biggest thing that I took away. Sorry, I'm rambling. But um, the biggest thing I took away from the pandemic was how much community matters. Um, community is everything. It's so important. and. I think in times of grief and loss, like what my friend was going through, 
the community of people they have around them really pulled through and showed up. And it's all about the people who show up. Um, so at the end of the day, when all the like surface friendships fall through and um, the world goes to shit, who shows up? You know, that's what matters. Um, mm. Nothing else matters. Uh, that's great. Those are pretty incredible takeaways. I mean, I was, um, yeah, I mean, I just was thinking of that uh, Jonathan Richmond song, When We Refuse to Suffer, which is that when we refuse to feel, your life becomes a bore and you're suffering even more. Mm. And that made me think of that. And that's like a really hard concept to wrap your head around, um, for sure. So that's, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have much to add to that. <laughs> I think you bring up a really good point, though. Like, we, we do so much to, like, push away these bad feelings. And even, like, the Western idea of what meditation should be is, like, your mind should just go blank and you should, like, reach this place of serenity. But no, that's not what it is. It's just about being present with what is. So if you're suffering, if your friend has died, if, you know... Um, if there's a pandemic and your city is falling apart, like it's okay to feel that it's okay to be present with it because like, that's part of being human. It is. Mm -hmm. Only it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and we're kind of coming to the end of things here, but I kind of want to end on a positive note because we've kind of like talked so much about that's frustration. It's very, uh, very unlike us inauthenticity on this episode but let's let's bring it up a little uh and let's ask i'm going to ask this of the group what is something that you do in your daily life that makes you feel empowered biking like chloe said biking i feel so empowered on a bike even though in uh uh southern california you were actively hated by everybody on the road <laughs> 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 Everyone wants to ram you with their car. <laughs> but that's my that's my go-to for sure. Um and you're so much more present on a bike, I feel like you notice things you don't notice when you're in a car. And you're so much more connected with your surroundings on it. And that yeah, that was a huge godsend being able to do that throughout the pandemic. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'd say uh, singing in my car always feels really good. Mm. Really, really good. That's like, that's like one of my favorite things. That's amazing. For me, it's hosting this show. It's something I look forward to. This is something that like was just like an idea I had like five years ago. And when I came on to Atwood Magazine, Mitch was just like, what do you want to do? What do you want to make your own? And I was like, oh, this stupid idea. And he's like, no, do it. And here we are, three years he later. You. He did. <laughs> you better follow your fucking dreams. <laughs> but this just feels so good. I love talking to artists about um, their process, about like what goes on under the surface. Like I think that there's so much to art that we don't really get a chance to tap into. And, you know... Uh, I really appreciate people like you, Chloe, who are able to open up and show us all that. Well, thanks for giving me this platform to talk about it. I'm really grateful to be here. And thanks for talking to me. I know this was like really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Do you want to add to your list of things like another thing that makes you feel empowered? Um, yeah, I think recently i've gotten back into skateboarding i got into it in the pandemic but i think 
you know, like literally yesterday I skated again for the first time in two years, like since 2020. And it, it was just, it's like, so there's a community, there's always a community within the skater, the larger skater community of women and queer people who kind of come together and band together and skate because it's so male dominated and scary. Um, and I just found like a group of people like that yesterday. Um, so that was like so exciting. <laughs> um, and that made me feel so empowered and just like, you know, like learning with, you know, like when, when I'm like playing guitar, it's awesome and shit, but like with skating, you can see like real time results and like real time. It's like very gratifying. Um, and it's also really good exercise. So it's like, I don't know, especially as like a woman, I feel very empowered doing that and hanging out with other women and like queer people who are just kind of like being in this scene. That's like not necessarily, you know, it's skating's for everyone, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's for us. It's like, mm. I don't know. I forgot what that feeling was like. And I, I was so in it in 2020 and then I quit for 2021. So now I'm back. I'm back doing it and I love it. It's so fun. What's your what's your go to skate park music while you're skating? It used to be this rapper Lucky. Lucky's the best. He makes like trap music um, and it's really good. Um, I think now it's like 70s music. You know, mm. like it's like um, don't go breaking my heart and like <laughs> don't go breaking my arm. Hey, exactly. Um, and like, you know, crimson and clover or whatever. And just like, you know, bad finger. Yeah. Bad finger. Literally <laughs> like seventies music. That's like kind of cheesy sounding. It's so fun. Funny. Wow. Yeah. It's, it makes skating so much more fun. It used to be, it's funny for, for, for listeners who like skated back in like the nineties, it used to be like the butthole surfers or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Or like skate punk. <laughs> it's like skate punk or like, yeah. Adolescence or shit like the suicidal tendencies. And the now Tony it's Hawk's sort of pro like, skater, uh, soundtrack. Yeah. It's like, I haven't yeah. been to a skate park in a, in a, in a minute. And I'm like, what are they, what are they listening to over there? Like, what's the, what's the skate sound, but it's all over the place. It sounds like it's whatever. There's no official sound it's like you listen to your own shit you know no one brings the boom box anymore no one brings the boom box man <laughs> i feel like i might have told the story but i was riding my bike and i saw a skate park and i heard music coming and i almost like rode up to it but i felt i felt really weird because i was <laughs> i was wearing like biking pants and like i had this like rei type button up and I just look like such a dweeb, like just such a weenie, <laughs> such a weenie. And I didn't want to like approach these people and like, hey, what are you listening to? Like feeling the Steve Oh, what is that? Meme. You're doing an ollie there? Wow, yeah. <laughs> I have the first butthole surface on cassette. Like I just didn't feel like, I was like afraid. I was like, too intimidated by these kids. But anyway, so, but that's cool. It's interesting to know that it's, there's no real sound. Not that I know of, but I'm also, I just started again. So I know like a lot of kids in New York that I was, but I think it's different for everyone. But I sure. know a lot of skaters that listen to Loki. I know that's like kind of the the vibe and like JPEG Mafia, I think. Because oh, cool. I think it makes it feel more like like video, at least for me when I listen to those artists, when I skate, like it feels more like like a video game almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So is the show Betty on HBO accurate? Um, your, your New York experience. I don't know. I've never seen it. I know a lot of people who are on it who I know from like New York. Um, but I've never, I've never watched it. I'm sure it's accurate. It must be if the Skate Kitchen girls are on it. Cool. They know it's out. But I was never like full send in the skate scene. I just was for like a little bit of 2020. And then I was always friends with skaters because I grew up in Brooklyn and they're just everywhere. <laughs> it's hard to get away from. <laughs> Great community. I love it. <laughs> Sounds like we all need to start picking up skating again, guys. Dude, it's so good for you. Mm. It is really fun. I miss doing it. I'm just too afraid of falling. That's my whole thing. I had a really bad accident like when I started longboarding that just like made me super cautious. Like I was uh, like I, I went down this hill and this car just like cut me off at an intersection and I fell off my board and like I my head went into the tire and if it didn't go into the tire, oh. I would be dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. That's pretty cool, dude. Holy shit. This was, you, you, you guys, in Isla Vista, you know that road that went down to the police station that kind of like dipped down? You know what I'm talking about? It was that, and this car just came like right oh. in front of me, even though there's a stop sign. So it was your fault. This sounds like your fault. <laughs> okay, thank you. Shit. Thank you, Pedro. Yikes. Let's not talk, let's not think about mortality anymore. Let's play some hashtag mood. Who wants to do that? Let's okay. do it. Right. <laughs> All right, let's hit that theme song. Oh, Drew's not here. I got to hit the theme song myself. Thank you, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for that song that I'm sure is going to be bumping at all the skate parks pretty soon. Oh, yeah. What is Hashtag Mood, you ask? Hashtag Mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we are going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblers hotline where we will pick out a text or voicemail from one of Chloe's fans, from one of our friends, from somebody who just got our number and like thought that they were texting their aunt. We will do all of them. We're going to listen to that message, and each of us gets a chance to pick one song to match it to create the ultimate playlist. Who is ready? Let's do it. Yeah. And we got one from a fan of Chloe right here that is one word. It's nice and simple. Let's freaking do it. It's healing. What is a playlist for healing? I have one uh, for this one. Um, it's a song called I'm Good by, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, w- Wafia, Wafia. Um, W-A-F-I-A, if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sorry to the artist. Um, but it's called I'm Good, and basically just a song about moving on, getting better. The song literally says things like, I was bad, now I'm better. I was sad, now I'm better. Looking back, I know you were no good. So it's all about healing for yourself and just getting better, so I like that. Also, the beat is fucking sick. Like, go listen to this song. I'll, uh... I have one that's got a really great beat too. It also kind of relates to Anthony's story about skateboarding. Um, it's called "Take Me to the Hospital" by The Prodigy. Oh shit! It's The Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, were you thinking Take the faint? Yeah, I was thinking the faint. <laughs> <laughs> the faint song is great too. Yeah. But I wanted to go with The Prodigy one because they're just such a more chaotic band to me. Uh, 
and love, yeah, love a little prodigy. And so it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, it sucks going to the hospital, but sometimes it's where the best healing happens. I hate to say it. Oh, you know what? Um, Pink Moon by Nick Drake mm. always makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, I only know the lyric pink moon, <laughs> but it just makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. I can't really understand anything else he's saying in the song, but it's just, it's a really nice, like calming feeling. So healing, I feel like that's the perfect healing song. Some people just have voices that are just like inherently healing, right? Like Nick Moon could sing the, the phone book and it would be incredibly healing. Like certain people, like Tim Buckley is one and like, yeah, just, yeah, for sure. That's a great one. It's like that, it's like that one group, I think they're called Dead Can Dance, where the, the woman sings oh, in like God. a completely made up language. Like, there's, like you don't know what she's saying, but it's sort of like you get the feeling when she, when she, you know, voices things a certain way. So for my song, I was thinking about like a time in my life where I needed healing and it was right before i moved to la like my life completely changed and this is a song that became a mantra for me to get me through it it's by a canadian band called stars um the name of the song is hold on when you get love and let go when you give it which i think is just amazing to just repeat to yourself uh and like this song is basically just that it's like, what do I do when I get lonely? What do I do? Hold on when you get love. What do I do when I get lonely? What do I do? Hold on when you get love. Love to me is not this thing that is possessive. Like when you hold on, when you get love, it's not holding on to this person. It's holding on to the idea that you are lovable. That like to quote Homer Simpson, one day you'll look back at this and realize that somebody loved you, and that means that someone can love you again, and that'll make you smile. And I, I think that's that was amazing. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson said that. Huh. <laughs> oh yeah. He also said, uh, "If God wanted us to be thin and healthy, he wouldn't have invented cheese soup." <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, take that last quote with a grain of salt. <laughs> Or a whole bowl of cheese soup. <laughs> or a whole bowl of cheese <laughs> yeah, A grain of cheese soup. <laughs> soup. It's other foods piss. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, do you have a mood of your right. own? Leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. Uh, give us your vibe. Tell us um, the, the junk food that you like to eat that uh, besides cheese soup. And we'll give you a playlist for it. <laughs> Well, Chloe, thank you for sticking with us for this extended episode of Tunes and Tumblers. You've been one of the best guests. Yes, you've been one of the best guests we've ever had. We couldn't shut up the whole time. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming, Chloe. This was great. Oh, thank you for having me. I really, and I loved your cocktail. It was so thoughtful and beautiful. Oh. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. But before- if you play the- uh... If you play at a show, we're going to demand that the bartender make these. <laughs> that would be great. I'm down. <laughs> but before we close down this club, I mean, it's already 4 a.m. Um, people are spilling out into the streets of Brooklyn. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we go? 
I have a project on the way. We're in the process of rolling it out. Um, so stay tuned. The next song that we're putting out is quite a different vibe, but I think it's gonna, I don't know. I think, I think you guys are gonna love it. So be sure to stay tuned. I'm gonna be able to um, talk about it soon. Where should we, where should people follow you to hear those updates? Should they, all the usual channels? Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, YouTube, like Facebook. We have everything. Do you have a Discord? I do have a Discord, yeah. So be sure to just check me out wherever you hang out. I'll be there. But look out for the Mail Manipulator playlist. <laughs> and, I'm actually I'm really excited. Uh, I love Mail Manipulator music. <laughs> Chloe has a douchebag playlist on Spotify, too. That's awesome. Playlist. Check it out. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Also, go into that episode description. Scroll to the very bottom. You'll find a link there where you can directly support the pod. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time... Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.